Welcome to Pub Natter, hosted by Tim Ives and Justin Perry. We both moved to Rutland over 20 years ago, but our careers kept us away from home, so we don't know as much about the county as we should. So we thought, now that we're getting old and slowing down, how can we meet interesting folk and learn as much about Rutland as possible? The answer is to host a podcast, or is that a pubcast? We hope to host each podcast in a different pub in and around Rutland, so we get an excuse to visit a new pub every week or so, whilst letting interesting, mostly local people and organisations tell their stories and at the same time promoting the ales and the pubs. We have plenty to choose from in Rutland, so this project could take some time. We have spent many hours in pubs up and down the land discussing every topic you could possibly imagine. We sit on opposite sides of the political spectrum and are probably the only two friends in Rutland that didn't fall out over the Brexit referendum. Given this and our backgrounds, Tim, Royal Air Force, dental healthcare and postgraduate education, and Justin, construction industry and construction law specialist, we reckon we have got the skills to get our teeth into our subjects and build some stories for our listeners. Most episodes will start with 10 or 15 minutes with the landlord, discussing their backstory, the history of the pub and its offerings, and then a special guest with a special interest area of expertise. We hope you enjoy our chats and it encourages you to go out and explore our little county and all that it has to offer. Like the motto says, there is much in little. When rain stops play, it's time for some pub natter. In this third of our Armed Forces Breakfast Club trilogy, we base ourselves in the Grain Store pub in Oakham during the December gathering, and natter with Tracy and Mark Taylor and Helen Cullinan. Mark is a military veteran and Tracy is his wife. Together, they started what is now the thriving Rutland branch of the Armed Forces Breakfast Club. Our final natter in this trilogy of episodes features a regular attender of the breakfasts, Helen Cullinan, who is an engagement support officer for Loros. So, today's episode comes to you from the Grain Store Brewery in Oakham in Rutland, as the distinction of being the biggest brewery in the smallest county in England. Uh, it's been around for almost 30 years, founded in 1994 by Tony Davis and Mike Davies. One was a former head brewer with Ruddles Brewery, which is sadly now a housing estate, and the other was a metal fabricator. They combined their skills, bought a derelict Victorian grain store next to the railway station, renovated it, lowered all of the fermenting vessels and copper and conditioning tanks into the bowels of the building and in September 1994 they opened their doors to the public. They have 15 barrel brew capacity and they can barrels, uh, brew 60 barrels a week and their first uh, uh, production was cooking bitter which they still do and 1050 which they also still do and here we are almost 30 years later and they're going from strength to strength um, now owned by one of the original uh, founder's sons and his business part partner. We will be back one day to do a uh, podcast from and about 
the brainstorm, but for now we're going to start talking to people from the Armed Forces Veterans Breakfast Club. So we're now here with Tracy Taylor. Hi. Hi, Tracy. Tracy is pretty much responsible for getting the Armed Forces Breakfast Clubs in Rutland off the ground. That's true. It is. Well, with my husband. With your Mark, husband. Yeah. We'll yeah, be chatting yeah. to Mark in a sec. Yeah, um, all right. So tell us how it all started. Um, do you want the really truth version of how I started? Of course started? I want Absolutely. It's not a lie. So basically, um, my husband's friend um, took his own life. Uh, was in the army for a long time. My husband went through the army with him. I'd spoke to him about a month before. Um, over the phone and it, he was telling them all his plans and everything and then obviously Mark got the phone call that he'd actually took his own life. That's really sad. So, How long ago was this? Um, five years ago before we started. What Mark found was he then went to a funeral and all of his mates were there and they were like, oh we need to keep in touch, we need to do this. and. We sort of thought, actually, we, you need to be face-to-face -face with people, I think, to see their emotions and, and stuff like that. So that's why we started it, because we just thought, you know what, if we can get people together, and there is people struggling out there, and we know that, and, you know, some people just come for the breakfast and a chat, and that's fine. Some people need a little bit more support. We've obviously got the well-being going now for Rutland. Um, it's just being a face and a voice. Sure. So, so how, how, sorry, go on. were you aware of the Armed Forces Veterans Breakfast Clubs before you... And you kind of used that as the, the vehicle to set it up? Or um, Yeah, it's really funny because I was going through Facebook, as you do when your memories come up, and this memory come up with this video of this breakfast club that had started in Hull in a garage. <laughs> Um, you know, I think there were frying eggs on the bonnet of the cars and stuff like that. Derek Hardman. Yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah, massive shout out to Derek. And obviously, that was like, I think about three or four years before I started it. So, um, here, and then so, when me and Mark were looking at how to get people together, because obviously the British Legion, it used to be Weatherspoons, didn't it? And that didn't happen anymore. And there's just no sort of meet-up place. So we sort of looked into it again and we spoke to Derek, who obviously helps us all the way through it. And, um, yeah, we, ju we just started up. It's, it, it's something so simple, but mm. it's really powerful. And sure. the ripple effect is just amazing. I think that's what Derek was saying and when we chatted with him, is that you just pitch up. Yeah. Um, and he was he was relating it very much to um, the association where where it was very formal his mm. association in the army um, where they take minutes and yeah bang a gavel and have talks and and, and very much and the, the average veteran or serving person mm. doesn't want that no. they just want to come along and have a chat yeah and, and, and skip all the formality yeah and it's really funny because like my husband now obviously my husband was in the army. But Mark will say he's not ex-army, he's ex-forces. Because when you're sat in a room full of RAF and we do get a few Navy people and that down, you're all the same, you know. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you served, uh, you know, what regiment you were in or whatever. At, at that time, you were in ex-forces and you were all together. And, I mean, you can see it just works. 
so well and you know I mean the banter's hilarious but some of it's a bit over <laughs> you know we can't repeat but that's that's just how they are sure. and they miss that when they're sort of and and, and for me as, a, as um, you know a, a forces wife I've been married to Martin in 30 years so I've gone through He's been out six. I've gone through 22 years of Forster's life. I miss it. I miss this as much as he misses it, you know, mm. and the children miss it and, and stuff like that because it was a massive part of who we are. So just, you know, being able to have this every month is, is amazing. And like I say, some people, this is just all they need, you know, but there is support out there for, you know, other people if they need any more support. There is definitely lots more support out there. Do you, do you find yourself naturally taking on that role where you're um, farming people out to various um, special specialist-type people who might be able to help people further? Yeah, so we, we try to incorporate a lot of um, people who obviously work within that forces network. So obviously Ian Reynolds, the armed forces officer, he comes to every breakfast and it might be that you know, I'll get chatting to somebody and I'll go, oh, hang on a minute, you know, it'd be really good if you'll chat to Ian and then they'll have a chat and, and that support can roll on. We're now part of Loughborough um, Outreach, so we've got the, the wellbeing now and I support and liaise with that. Um, so, you know, there's a lot... I, I think the thing is, um, and, and you can speak to Mark um, later and he'll be very honest with you because he's really had his struggles and it, it hasn't been a great year for us but he's coming out the other side and when he was looking at how he could be supported you've got thousands of charities out there now and one person will say oh this charity is brilliant for me and this, but, but it might not be great for Mark and it was really like a, a minefield if you like of who could help him and and, and what could happen and I think for a lot of other guys that is the the sort of the mud the you know the fog of trying to fathom out where they go and what they do and I think the good thing about here is we try to bring you know we have the RBL we have the RAFA we have Ian who's the Armed Force Officer we have other people that will come down and they're part of a support network and it might be the conversation that starts and then goes on and then obviously, you know, the support yeah. fits in. But, you know, we are aware that there's so many out there that still need it. Sure. And, and for some people, walking into a big room like this, with lots of people, is just too much, too much. for them to bear. Where that's where with the well-being, it's only a small number of people. And you have got, you know, a lot of support networks going in there, like Help the For Heroes and things like that. So sure. it's just trying to find it. We have such a big... People don't realise how bigger military community we have sure. in um, in Rutland. I think it's one in four. Wow. So yeah. so if you're if you're a veteran and you're listening to this and you are troubled, um, my advice to you would be to get yourself along to your local armed forces breakfast club. Mm. Because what you'll find it's very welcoming and you can just sit down and you can chat to people. Um, I guess, Tracy, it's getting people to actually open that door and walk in yeah. is the difficult part. It is. And, and you know, obviously on our details of, of our club, mine and Mark's phone number's there. And if anybody is struggling and they really, you know, need... Some people just... 
want to know what it's like first because obviously that first initial coming into somewhere is daunting and mm. um, they're very welcome to ring us they're very welcome you know we're welcome to have a chat about it we'll always be there and we always will make sure that we can find the right support for them and if we can't find the right support we will go away and make sure that we get the right information Brilliant. so can you tell us the, the facebook page or a website that they yes. can go to to make an initial contact so if they so obviously the afvbc have got their own website now which is afvbc world um, because we've got over 400 AFVBCs now all over the world. We'll put that link on our website. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. The Facebook page is the Rutland Armed Forces Veterans and um, Breakfast Club now. We were open, but we've opened it up to the county. Um, and we are going to go out to the pubs in the county. So if there's any pubs out there that are listening and they want to host a breakfast, we're going to do that every couple of months because we want to... To the people who might be isolated or can't get to Oakham, we want to try and involve them in that. So we've got that page and all. We've also got the um, my the email, which is oakhamafvbc at gmail.com. So they've got that to um, get in touch with us. And all our details, if they go onto the AFVBC world, all our details are on there. You know, the grain store, where we meet, when we meet, and obviously mine and Mark's details, and the um, website and the Facebook page. So it's all on there. So, and, yeah. and the well-being uh, part of this, is that a separate spin-off you mentioned a well-being group yeah so Loughborough um, Wellbeing Hub they started up there and we Rutland is a, a um, outreach from them um, so it's it's done by the VPP which is the Veterans Pathways and oh you put me on the spot now <laughs> but basically combat stress so training we all get training through um, combat stress and obviously it's done um, you know there's people support and there's the right help there if they need to and it is a lot about um, veterans and, and, and mental health but also what we do want to say is there is struggles with you know housing and things like that and if they come along to that then Ian um, Reynolds is obviously sits um, within RCC as the Armed Forces Officer and he obviously can put people in contact with, you know, the right sort of okay. um, and you, people that they need. And you mentioned that some people might not be ready to walk into a, a, a big public yeah. space with full of people, but they might make the first step coming to the yeah. wellbeing. Yeah. Can you just um, shout out the contact details for that if somebody um, needs the, to reach that um, service? Veterans, the, the, the Rutland's wellbeing is at the Oakham Baptist Church and it is every third Wednesday of the month from 10.30 to um, 12.30. But, yeah, and they can come along and they obviously get a cup of tea and um, some biscuits. And Oakham Baptist Church actually do a lot of other things to help veterans. They do a lot of work anyway. Um, yeah, and it's very welcoming. And, and obviously there is space there if they need to have a one-to-one -one chat or, you know, if they want to join in. It's a lot less, um, I think intimidating is the wrong word because we're not intimidating, but it's a lot less it's, daunting for it's them. It's easier yeah. for them to, yeah. to make that first step. Yeah, and you know, if somebody can, if they don't want to come and they don't want to walk in on the run, again, contact us because we'll make sure that we're there to welcome them at the door. So, you know, any, any way we can make it easier, we will try our best. And the people that they meet will have a forces background. Yes. So they will yeah. be people that 
understand and have experienced the things that they're yes. going through yes. rather than strangers. Yeah, definitely. Ellen Carter, who is the um, CEO of All the Wellbeing, very knowledgeable. Um, and she's always there. And then you've all, we've got the Department of Work and Pensions lady there. She's always there and she's very popular. Like I say, we, we try and encourage as many sort of community charities out there to come, here. to come down because, you know, it might be that somebody might be able to give a couple of hours um, a week to go and help with Loros. Um, you know, we'd love for um, the girl, the, 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 sort of wives on camp you know there's a new regiment just come in and a lot of them and i know from experience a lot of them will be wanting jobs or they've got children and their husbands are always away and who's the new regiment you know um two angulin have come in because it was one angulin to cottesmore yeah so um they've come back from cyprus so you know it, it, it's hard and they'll be mm -hmm. sat there and trying to find work but there is so many volunteering things that they can be done. And actually, it goes on their CV and it does look... And I know, like, a lot of people have sort of been down this career path that they thought was great, volunteered for something else, and actually thought, you know what, I really like doing this. I'm going to make a career out of it. So, you know, if there is any wives out there who are seriously thinking of it, You've got the VAR, which is the voluntary um, and citizens advice, and they're always looking for volunteers. So just get in touch and Brilliant. just see, because I'm sure they could work around children and um, spouses being away and all of that. Yeah. So you're obviously a very caring person who yes. wants to help people. Does that reflect in your own personal life and your professional life? Um, so I work for the NHS <laughs> as a healthcare assistant. And me and Mark are also foster carers. Oh, wow. So we um, have been fostering for a number of years now, yeah. Does your, does your role in um, healthcare relate to um, military people in any way? Do you um, so I, I've just obviously started, but I'm the Armed Forces Service Champion on the ward. So oh. obviously I've done training, so I'm more aware of... of um, not just veterans, but the armed forces community. So, you know, um, people who have served or loved ones. Um, and I'm more aware of that. What I have found is, and I find it really sad and it really upsets me that I will talk to a few elderly people and they'll say, oh, well, I did my, I did my national service. But they don't see themselves as veterans. And I just think if it wasn't, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be where we are. And you are most definitely a veteran, but they just don't sort of put that together. I think that's quite a common misconception. Is, I, yeah. I, I've never served, and until relatively recently, I thought that a veteran had to have seen action. Mm. I thought that was the definition. I didn't yeah. realise that if you did, even if you didn't finish your basic training, I think, yeah. as long as you've signed up and had a day's wages, yeah. you count as a veteran. You count as a veteran. And I mean, some of these, you know, some of these elderly people, when you talk to them, they've, you know, they were in Egypt, they were, you know, they were living in Germany. They obviously, because obviously the national service went on beyond, didn't it? World, you know, World War Two and stuff like that. And they've done two, three years, and I just, I just find it really sad when they say, well, I didn't, I didn't think I was a veteran, and yeah, it just really upsets me. Um, so yeah, so I'm doing that on the ward, um, and just trying to be more aware of people like that who are coming in, and hopefully be able to um, 
say to them, you know, whatever area they live in, where you do know this is there's some veteran support there. There is a, you know, the breakfast clubs are all over, or there's joining forces, which is Age UK, which is the older veterans. Um, you know, just giving them a little bit of uh, a social prescribing, if you like, sure. um, but working within Leicester partnerships, um, sort of remit, because they've obviously got their armed forces uh, champion and everything within there. So we obviously um, work with them to just to just try and make it better. I think I think when you've when you've gone through um, being around you know, the forces and being the spouse of and you see so many struggles and, you know, I've, I've, my children, I'm so proud of my children. They've grown up to be amazing people and very resilient. Um, and it just makes you very, very grateful. And I think, you know, when if you can give back in any way, um, and me and Mark are in a good place to do that. And that's why we like to just give back, you know, and the fostering is very dear um, to us because before Mark joined the army, he was homeless and he was fostered by his friend's mum for a little while. So, you know, it's his way of saying, well, I was fostered and looked after and I know that's what, um, you know, everybody's got a story. Everybody's sure, got, you know, a story and, and what have you, but it's how you tell it and how you deal with it. And, Thankfully, touch wood, we're, we're very happy and we're, we're grateful. Very I think grateful. that's a good place to I end think, the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think uh, you told your story really well. Thank you, Tracy, very yeah, much for welcome. your time thank and you. everything that you're doing as well. Thank oh, you. No, thank you. Uh, honestly, On behalf of the service community. But you know what? We wouldn't have a breakfast club if it wasn't for all these guys coming every month. So it's, it's a big shout out to them, to be fair. Um, because, I, you know, we could walk, me and Mark could walk away and this would still go on. And that that's a really nice sort of... Um, Legacy. Yeah. It is. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. So we're now here with Mark Taylor. Um, we've had a chat with Tracy. Um, this is her husband. Um, so Mark and Tracy together um, started the Armed Forces Breakfast Clubs in Rutland. Yeah. Um, and how many? How long ago was that? Five five years ago. Five years ago. Okay. And you're ex-army. Yeah. So do you want to start off by telling us what you were doing in the army? Yeah. So I joined the army. Back in October 1990, uh, very much wanted to be a chef, um, so I joined the ACC back then. Um, sorry, the ACC for the uninitiated. It, sorry, the, the Army Catering Corps. All right, thank you. Um, and, yeah, had a 26-year career and kind of like never looked back. Brilliant. What's your favourite What's your favorite meal? What do you like cooking? Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a traditional man, so, <laughs> yeah. Right. Full English breakfast and roast dinner. Well, beef, beef, beef Wellington. I'll be stretch with beef Wellington. is kind of a, where we're at. That's a very popular dish in the messes. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like beef Wellington. I like a bit. I'm a carnivore. So, um, and then how long have you been out of the military? So, just coming up to six years now, okay. post-service. Okay. So, talk, talk to us about um, leaving... The military and then starting the armed forces breakfast clubs so yeah so six years ago i, I kind of like left left the army 
it, it, with an image in my head or, or an understanding that I would maybe fall into a, a Royal British Legion club or be, mm -hmm. some, be part of some kind of military um, club. Post-servicemen's post club yes, sort of thing, yeah. that's kind of like where I was at with it. Um, and unfortunately, there just wasn't anything local to us, um, even after canvassing around. Um, this is in Oakham. This is in Oakham. Yeah. And I, I'd heard historically that, that there were things in place and they've then since closed, which was kind of like fine. But then, yeah, I kind of like just left it with that, to be fair, perfectly honest. And it wasn't until... Unfortunately, I, I attended a number of funerals and quite in quick succession post-service that, that suddenly dawned on me why I was suddenly being um, a part of my peer group in, in such somber times. And so, so the funerals that you're going to, were these ex-servicemen's funerals? Ex-servicemen. Both, both actually you tragically took their own lives um, and struggling with whatever demons that they had at the time um, do, do you know why they did that yeah what, what, one, one of my colleagues who was struggling with a, um, a gambling addiction and he, he was you know in a real dark place um, had money issues which which none of us were aware of um, and yeah just incredibly sad so again it, it just kind of like highlights that you can be as close to people, but not know anything about what, sure. what what's going on um, in their lives, and that's that's a beauty of of a, of a breakfast club or or, a, or or a meeting where you can look somebody in the eye and and say to them, you know, are you all right? You can see somebody's emotion, body language, whereas over the phone you can't see that. You, sure. you know, if you're telling somebody are you okay on social media? You're not getting a real picture of, of what, what's going on. Or picking up maybe red flags that you might have done if you, if you were in a face-to-face -face situation. Um, so so you, you obviously wanted to get that companionship that you hadn't had that when you left the military. And you were aware of people needing that. Did, did you find you needed that yourself? Like, did you need somebody to sit down and say to you, Mark, are you all right? Yeah, I think I, I might not have been aware of that, but I certainly, you know, found some real comfort in knowing that I wasn't on my own and there were, there were other like-minded people like myself who just enjoyed the camaraderie, enjoyed the banter. Every year, for example, we meet up for army and navy it's kind of like a date ingrained in our calendar and i know how that makes me feel when i when i meet up with like-minded folk and, and and have a good time how can you get that you you, you know post-service if you've got no no out so to speak so that's why the breakfast club being set up was just to bring people together you, you know for that for that very reason and do people socialize uh, beyond the breakfast club do you find that, that, that you know they come here and they meet and then beyond then start to strike up friendships and that move beyond well, the, the monthly meetup yeah I, th I think there's, re there's real evidence of that friendships being formed within the group uh, across the board we're, we're lucky we're credibly represented by all three services and we're, we're kind of like 
meeting new people on a monthly basis who we, we welcome with open arms into the group. Um, and, they, and they suddenly, it dawns on them that they're, that they're not on their own. There's, there's real kind of, um, you know, friendships being formed. And we find that very much so over the remembrance period when people naturally want to come together, pay their respects, um, and, and, you know, feel, feel they belong. Yeah, I, I imagine that's, that's quite an important aspect of it because obviously a, a monthly meetup is one thing, but actually having contact with people on a day-to-day basis, someone you can just pick up the phone or pop around and say hi, that, that's probably, I would guess, uh, you know, a, a really important spin-off from this. Well, yeah, uh, not, not only is it an opportunity to form friendships, but it's a great place to network to make sure that, you know, if somebody needs something of... of a job we you know we can sign post people we have done you know we've got a lot of um self-employed businessmen now who have left the military who are you know who are, who are open to recruiting ex-servicemen and that's great you, you know if we can look after our own um you, you know it's just an absolute no-brainer as far as i'm concerned but the friendship thing yeah it's very very important there are a lot of lo- lonely people rutland's a quite a large uh, although it's a small county, we're, we're spread out to, to lots of little isodets and little smaller locations. Um, the word's out now, and we're trying to, you, you know, take the breakfast club on the road to, to meet up with those sm- smaller locations and, and get as many people on board as we can. I wasn't aware you were doing that. So that's yeah, it's re- relatively new. Um, we we we. Obviously, Rutland has two big towns, Oakham and Uppingham, um, and we were just looking at ways to take take the Breakfast Club on the road to make sure that we in, we're inclusive of, of a smaller locations, um, and we did that successfully in Wissendine as a trial, um, oh. and in the in the new year we're going to revisit that, um, and hopefully with you know getting the word out in in good time we can get a a larger contingent. We had over 40 people attend that breakfast. Um, and it just goes to show that, you, 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 you know, it doesn't matter where we go, we, we will always be supported by like-minded folk who, you, you know, sure. cra- crave that that union companionship. You could, you could end up doing one every week. <laughs> <laughs> Before you know it. No, but as, as, as long as, like, Tracy and, and myself, when we started, the whole thing is... If we could, you know, support one person, that that's, you know, as, as good as it gets. The fact that people turn up in numbers, you, you, you know, just speaks volumes for it. Brilliant. And you, uh, you and Tracy were nominated for an award as well recently, weren't you? Yes, we were, fortuitously, well, the club was um, nominated for a, a, a BBC award. Um, you know, again, it, it's what, what was what was the award? Tell us about tell us about that. Uh, com- uh, for community group community group award um, for work in the community, um, and we were nominated uh, amongst a whole host of you know real credible you know nominations for some some real good work that's done across across Leicestershire and and Rutland, and again, yeah, it's lovely lovely to be recognised for the. You know, the group and, and and 
you know, putting us on the map, if anything, you, you know, making sure that the word's out there that the people, you know, if your veteran or force is connected, then you're more than welcome to come and, and come to our group and, you know, enjoy, enjoy that camaraderie and spirit mm -hmm. that, that we've always had. Um, it's an amazing legacy that you're going to leave. Um, one, one of the things that really struck me when we were chatting to Tracy was the hardest thing for somebody who thinks that they might need to talk is actually stepping through the door, making that initial move. What would you say to people that are listening to this that are, would love to come along, but they don't know whether they would be able to handle that situation? We, we, would all, well, we are always available to speak you know, privately, you know, prior to coming. M myself and, Tr and Tracy always make a point of welcoming everybody through the door and, and you know, putting their minds at ease. There's a lot of new people that turned up today, for example. You know, we welcome them with open arms. We kind of, like, set the scene. There are no formalities within the club. Um, you know, we've, we've wonderfully hosted here by the Grain Store staff. You, you know, you keep everybody... Yeah you know, looked after with tea, coffee. Um, and there's a real nice feel about the whole, the whole thing. Um, yes, that, that initial first time, you can be like a rabbit in headlights. That's totally understandable. But then we've all been there and, you, you know, you're not coming into a place where you, you don't know anyone. Everybody has, has, has had a similar journey to you and... You, you know, we'll embrace you with open arms, share stories, and and, and build build those friendships. But yeah, once you're in, you, you know, the the word gets spread, and you know that's it's it's really humbling to hear some some of the kind words. You, you know, when people leave, you know, thank you. You know, no, thank you. you, you without people coming through, supporting each other, it, it kind of like it's like nothing. But yeah. Fantastic. I guess what I would say is um, if anybody's thinking of coming along and they're a bit nervous, I would just say take yourself back to your service days and remember what it was like walking into the naffy or walking into the mess. It's pretty much like that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is kind of like that's a, yeah. a, a great analogy, to be fair. You, you know, it's like a, a naffy bar almost. You're walking in, you can just sound the place out, you know, but, but very, very quickly... You'll you'll you find your way because mm -hmm. there's a guide in hand. Me and Tracy are always here. Do you know what I mean to give that steer? Um, and the guys and girls, you, you know, they're so friendly and you know, just open open to everyone coming along. To be fair, brilliant. So, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, I think it's an amazing achievement. You should be really proud. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're here with Helen, Helen Cullinan. That's correct. And um, who's come all the way from Loughborough. Yes. So you're a foreigner. You're not, you're not a Rutlander. No, I'm not a Rutlander, no. We're not Rutlanders. Um, and very few people in here are um, because they're veterans uh, or serving people. So, and Helen um, works for LAWROS. I do. So, first of all, tell us what that stands for. So, LAWROS stands for Leicester, Leicestershire and Rutland 
Organisation for the Relief of Suffering. So um, just expand on that a little bit. So who, who do you look after? So we look after patients who have a life-limiting incurable illness. Um, so that's for however long that might be. And, and in what form does that take? So that form takes... Um, so you can get referred into Loros um, mm -hmm. by your GP or a clinician, so a district nurse, um, people like that. And you can either be looked after in the community because we have clinical nurse specialists that go out and look after our patients across Leslie in Rutland. So in or their own homes? In their own homes, yes, we do. We look after a lot of patients in their own homes or you can be looked after um, at the hospice as well. Um, and we do end-of-life care, um, both in the community, in your own home, or at the hospice, and we also do pain and symptom control. So patients can come into the hospice um, for symptom and pain management and then go back home. Where, where is the hospice? The hospice is at Glenfield. Um, in Leicester? In Leicester, yes. Fantastic. So, essentially, your um, clients are anybody that is suffering um, with, a, with an illness, a disease that mm. isn't going to get any better. Yes, that's right. Um, just one thing to say, we are um, a centre center of excellence for patients who are diagnosed with motor neurons disease. Um, we have um, specialist nurses who look after those patients. Um, we also have um, day therapy, so um, patients can get referred into day therapy and they, get, they can come for eight weeks and that's from 10 till 3 um, every other Tuesday and they can have appointments there so they can see one of the consultants, the nurses, they can get physio, they can have complementary therapy so they can have a massage, reflexology, um, they can have the hair done, have the nails painted and they can do arts and crafts so they wow. can do as much or as little as they want to. If they just want to come and sit, they can come and sit. Um, and as I say, they, they can have eight weeks of that. And then quite often those patients get referred to what we call our compassionate neighbours. So these are volunteers that will go and visit that patient to give their loved one a break. All right. So they will um, go into the home, they will sit with that patient, with the patient, but when they, what they do is when they have visited the patient, they will contact the compassionate neighbour team and it could be a quick phone call or text message saying, hi, been to see so-and-so, everything's great. I'm either going next week or in a fortnight and we put that on the, our clin on the clinical system. Obviously, we have the patient's consent and we put that on, on their notes. It could be that the volunteer comes out and they call us, they go, do you know what? They weren't, they weren't quite right, I'm a bit worried about them. So we will put that on, we will put on what they've said because that will alert somebody to maybe get in contact with them to see what's going on. So yeah, and it's, it's a fabulous service and um, patients and families really like the service because it gives as I say, they're, they're, it's like a befriending service. Mm. So, um, they just, so they're not carers, they just go and sit with that person to allow um, the loved one to be able to go out and, and 
maybe go and have a coffee. Quite often they might take the patient out to a garden centre for a bit of tea and coffee. They will, if the person's on their own, they, they do shopping for them and take that in. So it's a fabulous service. It sounds like a very positive experience. It is. So just describe what it's like walking in. Sorry, before you do that, how yeah. would somebody volunteer to provide that service with you? Uh, if they contact um, Loros and say that they want to be a volunteer, we are always looking for volunteers, um, sort of all across Les Lesley and Rutland, um, because we have patients all across the all across the county. And how would they contact you? So they can ring um, the Loros office and they can talk about um, volunteering and becoming a compassionate neighbour and they would get through to our team um, and they would complete a form, send that in, then obviously we would do DBS and we do training with them and what, what the team do is they match somebody to the patient who they think is going to get on so mm. it's not just about a hobby because that wow. might not last very long but it's sort of personality and the way they are and the interest that they've got and then on the first visit so our, our, volunteer, our compassionate neighbours will go out and talk to the patient we call it an assessment but it's not clinical it's to find out a bit about them and their family yeah. and then when we match the volunteer we take them we sit with them, see how they're getting on, and then the team will come away and leave them and then see how it develops. A lot of them become friends with the, with the people that they're, they're looking after or visiting, befriending. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, going back to my original question, yeah. describe what it's like going in. So, when you walk through the doors, the first thing you'll see is it's really light and bright. There's mm -hmm. lots of flowers about, um, there's lots of windows, and for me, um, it's not a sad place. It's quite happy. You can hear people laughing and, and, and just getting on with the normal things. And the other thing, from my experience, because my, my mum um, was at Loros, for me it's like they wrap a cuddly blanket around you and they say, mm -hmm. do you know what, it's going to be all right? Because they don't, it's, we look after the patient, but we also look after the family as well. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So did you join Loros as an employee after that experience? No, I, um, I'd been working for the NHS um, and then... Um, I, I, I saw the job advert, I was sort of sent the information about it and I thought, you know what, that's what, because I've been a patient experience officer for the NHS and this uh, was a community engagement officer and I thought, this is what I love to do, going out and talking to people. I know Loros, I, I, I've had experience of the organisation, so I can talk talk about Loros with with passion about what we do, because I think it's a great organisation to work for. Excellent. And so, it's charity, hundred yes. percent. Yes. So where 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 do you, uh, Loros get their finances from? So we get um, a third from the NHS, a third from sort of from legacies. And then a third is through our fundraising team. Um, so 
they, I think it's roughly around um, seven to eight million that they need to raise um, right, wow. a year. So it's it's it, it's a big figure. Um, so um, they do that in lots and lots of different ways. So we have the Twilight Walk, we have uh, La Ross Luncheon, lots of people uh, people run the London Marathon. There's lots and lots of fundraising opportunities. You've got your shops in the high street. And we have shops. We've got 26 shops. Um, and um, we have a furniture shop, which I didn't know about until I started <laughs> working there. So there's lots of different sure. ways. And we also have our Loros Lottery that people can join, which helps raise, raise um, money for, for the organisation. So we're at the Armed Forces Breakfast Club in, in Rutland. Yes. Um, you're not here um, going around trying to... Um, to get money out of people. No. What's your role here today? So my role here is to um, come and get to know people and to just talk to them about Loros and what we do. If you say, have you heard of Loros? They go, yes, you're the charity shops. That's great. Mm -hmm. But then I explain what it's about and I explain what we do um, both at the hospice and out in the community. Um, and... We have a so we're opening up bereavement hubs across across Leicester, Leicestershire, and Rutland, um, and those are a safe place that people can go to to meet people who every, it's all individual, but people who've maybe been through something similar or maybe feeling similar to them, they can meet and they can go and talk to people in a safe environment. And there's um, a bereavement hub in um, Oakham. Do you know where in Oakham I that is? I think it's at the fire station. Sure. That's great. Um, Helen, thank you. Thank you very much You're for your time. Welcome. Thank um, you. I really thank appreciate you. that. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, which was the final one in the Armed Forces Breakfast Club trilogy. If you missed any of the three... I would highly recommend catching up with them. Do not miss the next episode, which will be released in two weeks' time, where we return to our traditional format. The next episode was recorded at The Knoll in Whitwell, Rutland, where we meet the landlady, Karen McGregor, and our special guest is Joe Davis. Joe is the head of the Nature Reserve Management for Leicester and Rutland Wildlife Reserves. He's also famous for discovering the Rutland Dragon. When rain stops play, it's time for some pub natter. So that's a wrap. And thank you for listening to our latest pub natter. If you visit timothyives.com forward slash pub natter, you will find photos, links, and more information about each episode. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and please subscribe to ensure you don't miss a pub or one of our amazing guests. The Pub Natter theme tune is by Tom Arnold. That was a Pub Natter broadcast.